But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are we not, in fact, all under the same sentence? Every last human being sentenced to die. Our dear and beloved Robert's turn has come. And it serves as a wake-up call for each and every one of us that our time, too, will come. We are all under the same sentence, the divine death sentence, and justly for the deeds that we have done. If God is life, then what is it to turn away and pull away from God, but to turn away and pull away from life? As sure as you pull a lamp out of the socket, it's going to go dark. So also if you pull a creature away from God who is life, that creature will surely die. The astonishing thing, though, is that while we are all under this sentence of death, there is one who is under the sentence of death with us. And that one is God in human flesh. That one is our Savior Jesus Christ. He does not stand aloof from us. He does not stand aloof from us even though our sentence is just. But the Son of God takes on human flesh. That is what Christmas is all about. The Son of God takes on human flesh and joins us under the sentence of death. That is why when Christ is crucified with one thief on his right and the other thief on his left, there is in fact a microcosm, a picture of the entire world. God has submitted himself under our sentence, though he himself without sin. And it is he who dies in our midst, It is he who dies for us, that through him we might be reconciled to God, plugged back in, if you will, to the one who is life, that we might have life eternally. Moments ago, we heard some of the most astonishing words ever penned, words that St. Paul quotes from texts that are hundreds of years old, come to us recorded in Romans. He writes, There is none who is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. How can we reconcile that with what we know about our dear Robert? How can we reconcile that with the beautiful description of his life given on the back of your service folder? 
That is the question upon which we should meditate. Robert was born to his father and mother, Robert and Mary. He came as God's beloved gift of love to them, as all children are, a gift of God's love. He was a dutiful son. He grew up, went into military service, which at its very heart and root is selfless service, a willingness to lay down one's life for another. And that is also true of the fire service into which he went. When danger arose from which all others were fleeing, Robert was one who went toward that danger for the good of others. In due time, Robert was married to Phyllis, every husband and wife a gift from God to the other. Even if by reason of our own hardness of heart that marriage doesn't work out, nonetheless, the gift from God is given. And then the blessings of three daughters, Jennifer, Karen, and Michelle. All gifts of God to Robert. And Robert simultaneously a gift from God to each one of you. A loving father who in the due course of time would become a loving grandfather. And just how plugged in he was, I need not tell you. Coming to all manner of sports games, graduations, so completely proud that his grandsons would go into military service, that selfless line of service. Robert was a self-taught man, interested in the world around him, interested in what God himself had designed, wanting to become a student of all of it. There was hardly a thing that Robert couldn't fix if he put his mind to it. He taught himself music, taught himself religion, many other things. What a blessing, what a gift from God Robert was to each and every one of us. And yet those astonishing words still stand. What stark contrast. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. The righteousness that God requires of us as his creatures simply unattainable. God does not grade on a curve. He does not take things into account. It's all or nothing. You are either sinless or sinful. But if this astonishing statement could be matched, how much more surprised are we when but a few lines later it's bested? God has confined every last human being under sin for this purpose, that he might have mercy on every last human being. When we look at a man like Robert, we see a good man. But even that goodness that we see must be cleansed. 
we must all be cleansed not only of our sins, but of the frailties and faults inherent in our good works. And therefore, God confines all under sin for this express purpose, that he might have mercy on all through his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah speaks some 700 years before Jesus is born, saying that God laid on him, on this Christ, the iniquity of us all. If Robert ever sinned against you, those sins are laid on Jesus. If you ever sinned against Robert, those sins are laid on Jesus. And what is true of those sins are true for every sin that you've committed against someone else or that someone else has committed against you. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Why? That by his selfless, self-sacrificial death, our sins might be atoned for. By his blood and his blood alone, every single human being, from the greatest to the least, from the most holy to the most sinful, that every last one of us might be received by God our Creator, redeemed by the blood of his Son, cleansed by the gift of his divine and eternal mercy. Christmas is a hard time to lose someone. I joked with you, Jennifer, that Robert wanted to spend Christmas in heaven, apparently. Many frequently do. As Christmases in the future approach, you'll be reminded of his death, and you'll be in mourning. But with the timing of Christmas, you might also consider the Christmas tree itself, that underneath the lights, the ornaments, the tinsel, underneath all the consumerism and busyness that floods the holiday season, is this reality that there at the heart of the Christmas tree is just that, a tree. A tree that reminds us of that tree of the cross that God gave his Son unto us that his son would bear that cross and be our Savior, Robert's Savior, the Savior of each and every one of us. Be comforted then that God has sent his son, this lamb, as a testimony of his ultimate love for you and as a promise that because your sins have been forgiven, your death will be undone. Indeed, that's why Jesus rose from the dead, the first fruits from the grave, showing forth that it is our destiny also to rise again from the grave on that great and last day. Back then, to Christ, crucified on the cross, and those two condemned men hanging on one side of him and on the other. 
Here is a microcosm of the whole human race. You will be one condemned man, or you will be the other. There's no escaping it. You will be the one sentenced to death, who reviles Christ, who ignores Christ, who wants nothing to do with Christ. Or you will be that man who turns to him and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. As important as it is to believe rightly about God and to live rightly as God would have, you'll notice something. That when the condemned thief turns and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus doesn't respond by saying, well, let's see first how much faith you have. Let's see first how repentant you are. Let's see first if you can pass a theological examination. Let's see first what your credentials are that I might consider whether or not to remember you when I come into my kingdom. No, what does our Lord Jesus say? He simply turns and says to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. Because this is precisely the bottom line. We can be wrong about everything, absolutely everything. But the one who turns to Jesus and asks him for mercy will have it. That is why Jesus says, Whoever comes to me, I will by no means cast out. That is our hope today. That Robert is with our Lord in paradise. And we all shall be as well. Because Jesus came only for sinners. And he receives only sinners. And it is his good pleasure to have mercy on sinners. So be comforted then as you remember the Christmas tree and the coming of Jesus to die on that tree of the cross that we might be saved. Be comforted when you look upon the baptismal font and remember that God claimed Robert as his own in the waters of holy baptism. And he claims you in those same waters as well. If you're not baptized, let me know after service. We'll get that taken care of. That's God's way of reaching out and grabbing a hold of you and saying, you are mine. In life and in death, you can put your trust in me. Not in yourself, for there is none who is good, but in Jesus our Savior, for he alone is good. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.